Hi, thank you for joining me today. My name is John Newby. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb Podcast. I've done multiple podcasts on Jordan Peterson, and as y'all know, if you've listened to him in the past, that I am a fan of his. Uh, I do think that he brings up a lot of good points. The only type of uh, critique that I would give is that majority of his, his listeners are conservatives and Christians, and I just warn us to be able to differentiate between when a man who we admire and respect with intelligence, because he's an intellectual giant without question, says something versus to what the scripture teaches. And he is not a Christian. I want him to be a Christian. I pray for him to be a Christian. He seems to adopt a lot of our beliefs but he doesn't align with the soteriology issues, which is a fancy word for salvation. He doesn't believe that Jesus Christ physically rose from the dead, that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, that you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. I mean, 1 John was literally written by the Apostle John to argue against people who didn't believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. So, he physically rose. So this is the, the difference between us and Jordan Peterson. He is a man, like I said, he's uh, you know he's an intellectual giant. His IQ is twice mine and probably anyone else's. There's no doubt about it. But I want to just bring that to the forefront, that when we listen to someone, we have to understand what their true intent is. I don't believe he's trying to deceive us, but he's looking at the Bible through a a uh, philosophical means it's it's a collection of knowledge and wisdom that when applied correctly leads to a a group of people in a culture that can thrive because it gives good uh you know roles that men and women are supposed to take the the nuclear family and and uh how to fight you know not steal and not murder so that's why he aligns with these things i do believe that he does believe that there is a god I believe that, but he's not certain that it's, you know, the God of the Bible. So again, let's pray for him. But he, like I said, though, we're going we're gonna to look at him fairly here. And he does adopt some strong biblical and ethical beliefs on children. He does align with the scripture and on what it teaches. Again, this does not mean... That he's a Christian or he's someone that we can listen to to find our theology or soteriology from. It just means that he's a intellectual giant who reasons and understands with the Christian doctrine because it is God's word. And he just so happens to align with us. We have to be careful. We have to be careful when we listen to you know, uh, conservative commentators, because some of them are not Christians. They don't profess Jesus as the only way. And that is a, a uh, denominator that has to be applied. So here's Jordan Peterson on children. The notion that children are somehow a burden what are they interfering with? What have you got to do that's so important? What, you're gonna drink 
2,000 less 26s of vodka with your idiot friends at the bar. That's your that's your brilliant alternative? All right, so first of all, Jordan Peterson is addressing a problem he sees in society, which is where he's seeing where people, young people, people who are childbearing age are not having kids like they used to. So first, let's investigate the claim. Is that true? Of course it is. It's, it is true. So we can go to unc.edu, and they have the uh, failing birth rate. All right? And it's from the UNC Carolina Population Center. So for many parents or would-be parents, the right time to have children may feel increasingly out of reach. Birth rates are falling in the United States, but it isn't because Americans say they want fewer kids. In fact, young Americans haven't changed the number of children they intend to have in decades. Women born in 95 to 99 wanted to have 2.1 children on average when they were 20, 24 years old. Essentially the same as the 2.2 children that were born in 65 to 69, according to the chapel of UNC and Ohio State University. So what's going on? The results suggest that today's young adults may have having a more difficult time achieving the goals of having children. That data in the study can ex can't explain why, but the result fits evidence indicated that young people today don't think now is a good time for them to have children. So the desire to want children is roughly the same. It's from 2.2 to 2.1, so it's not much of a change, right? But it's the desire to have them. So they want two, two to three kids, but it's the desire to want to have two to three kids. It's the Peter Pan syndrome. It's where young, young adults don't want to grow up. And what is Jordan Peterson saying here in essence? That they just rather go out. What he said so far is it sounds like people just want to go out and party and have some drinks with their buddies and drink a bunch of, you know, vodka drinks. So first of all, what Jordan Peterson is implying here is in fact true. So now that we've read that, let's go back and listen to what he said again, and then we'll continue with his statement. And the children are somehow a burden. What are they interfering with? What have you got to do that's so important? What, you're gonna drink 2,000 less 26s of vodka with your idiot friends at the bar. That's your that's your brilliant alternative to growing up. And, you know, I I do believe it's very hard for people to grow up if they don't have children. And people hate it when I say that because there are other ways of growing up. But it's very hard. And the reason it's hard is because you are not mature until someone else clearly matters more than you do. And if you aren't narcissistic beyond redemption, that definitely happens to you when you have children. And then you're an adult. The notion that... So, I mean, that is spot on, dead on. It's 100% truth. So, when you read the scripture, the very first commandment that God gives in Genesis 1, the very first command... Wasn't don't eat of the apple, none of that. It was be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply was the very first commandment that God gave mankind. It's a command. And he even breaks it down. 
You're to, you know, separate from your mom and dad. You're to, to, to become one flesh and so on and so on and so on. You intertwine, you intertwine your body with another, with a, with a woman or a woman with a man. You become one flesh. So now young people are doing that. They are having sex, but they're having sex out of wedlock, which is the Greek word porneia, which is a sinful lifestyle. So any sex that, you know, in, in Matthew 19, and Jesus says any sex out of between a man and a woman or that's not married is porneia. So sex isn't the problem. Hooking up isn't the problem. It's the not being married and young adults in their early 20s not growing up. They're wanting to uh, stay on social media or live with their parents and live under their roof and just bounce from club or bar and go on dating websites and try to hook up. They're not growing up. You know, how many times have y'all seen, I've seen these memes before, but they're so true. I hate to use a meme as an example, but it's, but it, this one hits the head. So it'll show a picture of like a 15 year old, uh, in, in the, in the early 1900s. And says, 15 years old, on his way to fight Hitler, raise a family, get married, and have two kids by the time he's 22 years old. And then it'll show uh, someone in 2023 who's 15 years old and say, "Don't you know? Don't don't uh don't say my wrong pronouns, or I'm gonna need a safe space." So what has changed here? What has changed here? Well, I mean, I think there's a bunch of things that has caused this to happen. I think we do allow our governments to raise our children. I think the value of the dollar has changed. So more, so the husband and the wife both have to work, which means it's, it's breaking up the nuclear family. Also, I think government incentive programs like welfare, I'm not saying that in all cases, but there are some government programs that incentivize women to stay single and not be married and they're married to the government and all this is a trickle down effect to uh, the situation that we're in today the most important one is not exploring God's word there is no doubt Jordan Peterson does not get a lot of these beliefs and these thoughts from the scripture I just wish he would get you know uh, John 14 6 when I am the way the truth the life no one goes the father except through me Jesus speaking in the first person again let's just hope and pray that he does come to that that come to that conclusion but Jordan does get a lot of his beliefs from the scripture and does this inter, does this align with the scripture what does the scripture say about having lots of children what does it say about how you should live your life does the Bible uh, you know speak good about people having children and loss of children? Does, does it say your life will be uplifted? Does it make God pleased if you have children and you're married? Of course it does. So let's go ahead and dive into some scripture real quick. All right, so let's go to, let's go to Psalm 127. So this is the Song of Solomon. And this is going to be from the uh, Legacy Standard Bible. I think it's a fantastic translation. My, my favorite is the 95 NASB. This legacy standard is starting to creep in on my favorite. Um, 
Anyways, so Psalm 127. Unless Yahweh builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Unless Yahweh watches the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early, that you sit out late. O you who eat the bread of painful labors, for in this manner he gives sleep to his beloved. Behold, children are an inheritance of Yahweh. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are your children of one's youth. How blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with enemies in the gate. Okay, so. Behold, children are an inheritance of Yahweh. Meaning what? What do you think that means? Behold, children are an inheritance of Yahweh. It means when God gives you children, you're getting an inheritance from him and you're to take that inheritance and you're to nurture that inheritance. You're to invest into that inheritance so you may proclaim and worship Yahweh and give him the, 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 the rightful worship and love that he deserves. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Amen. We don't need to explain that one. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Okay, so what's these children like? What's having these children like? What's an analogy that they're like? This inheritance when you invest into an inheritance. What's it like? It's like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Well, an, a warrior with a bow and arrow. So it's deadly. It's a weapon. It's something that can take something out. What do you think that this is? What do you think Solomon is implying here? This is to, against evil. This is against uh, tyranny of things against God, right? This is the world. This is Satan. This is things that push against our triune God. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. So young kids are can be dangerous. Why can they be dangerous? Well, they can be dangerous because you can raise them and teach them the right ways to help spread the, 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 the gospel, to help spread who Jesus Christ is, to help spread the good news, and to, to worship and love Yahweh, which he deserves. So are the children of one's use. How blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them? All right, so now it's saying that, you I mean, if you're going to war, would you want a bunch of arrows? Or would you just want one? Or two? Or do you want a quiver full of them? Yeah, you want a quiver full of arrows. Of course you want a quiver full of arrows. You would be a more deadly warrior, right? So, now, does this mean we literally look up how many, uh, you know, a Jewish warrior back in the Song of Solomon, how many arrows he would he would carry in a quiver? I mean, I don't I don't think this is what Solomon is telling us that, OK, it's it's 15 arrows. So therefore, you need to have 15 children. I think what what Solomon is 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 getting at here under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit is to have children. Have children. 
So are the children when you, how blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with enemies in the gate. Well, let me tell you this. So they will not be ashamed. Well, I'll tell you. So I have three children, one on the way, and a miscarriage that me and my wife had. So one in heaven at the throne of Jesus. At the throne of Yahweh, Father, Son, and Spirit. So, I've technically had five children, one in the one in the oven, about seven months, and um, you know one one with the Lord, and three alive, walking today on earth. They are, without a doubt. They are without a doubt. My everything, and they are without a doubt something that makes me unashamed. Actually, I am prideful and boastful in the Lord through this, through this blessing. When I come home, I see my children. They make me thankful and rejoice to the Lord. When my daughter, who is four or five years old, and she's asking me about Jesus, I boast in that because I am teaching her to fear and love the Lord. And what does the Bible say about that? Well, Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this kind of mirrors Isaiah in 54.13 All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. My daughter, she has peace. She doesn't quite understand the whole, you know, theological breakdown of of God, obviously. She just turned five, but she understands the importance of God. And she understands the importance of who Jesus is. And she has peace in that. I have peace in that. I have peace knowing that if I'm doing this, that I'm doing this to show um, worship to God. Because you know, parents, if you're listening to this, parents, if you do not teach your children the ways of the Lord, you do not take them to church, you do not teach them the scriptures, you will be held accountable for this. You understand that, right? Yeah, they're our children, right? Our children. But technically, they're God's. Technically, you don't have anything. Without him giving it to you. Jeremiah 1.5. One of the most famous verses. Before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. And before you were born. I consecrated you. So. And then he's talking about this to an apostle. Or excuse me. A prophet. In Jeremiah. And I appointed you the prophets of the nations. It was God telling Jeremiah. Hey. I know who you are. And did he say you're your parents? No. They are our children, but they're from God. They're His. They're His. How are you going to treat and raise your children? And maybe this is one of the reasons to get back on, kind of uh, segue back on topic. Maybe one of the reasons that young younger folks aren't having kids, they want to go out and party and drink, is because... We're all made in the image of God. The law is written on our hearts, as the book of Romans says, or, or, or Hebrews. So, 
if it is written on our hearts, and it is, they know deep down inside that this comes with a massive amount of responsibility. But what's changed? What's changed? Like I, like the, I brought up that meme earlier. So a 15-year-old in the 20s and 30s and going into 40s, like my grandfather who fought in World War II with Korea and Vietnam, he fought in World War II, I think at 15 years old, from a small farm outside of Oklahoma. He could handle that and, and write letters to my grandmother and then come back from World War II and marry her. <laughs> so a 15-year-old can handle that, but a, but a 25-year-old can't handle uh, meeting uh, Peggy Sue down the end of this road and, and getting married and getting a job and, and having children. There's a massive disconnect here. There's massive push on our society and our culture. And Jordan Peterson's calling that out. I think he's trying to say it's just because they want to party and grow up. Or don't want to grow up, excuse me. That's probably true. I think it's also a spiritual battle as well. I don't think it's any... I don't think there's any um, accident that this is happening when we see a rise in... Um, the nuclear family falling apart. We see a rise of single mothers. And we see a rise of sex out of wedlock. And we see a drop in morals and ethics and a whole bunch of other things. I mean, I don't... It's, it's, it's amazing that it happens to the most powerful, most flourishing, most blessed nation the world has ever seen. We live better now than kings a man or woman living in a two bedroom one bath apartment struggling to make ends meet lives better now than a king of England in the 1600s think about it did they have uh, uh, air conditioning did they have the plumbing like we have did, could they just order something on Amazon and, and an item be brought to you a day or two later to your doorstep if you wanted a trinket or some type of uh, you know, statue or something from China or Japan, you had to send uh, men on, on boats and uh, trade routes and have it come. It took months and maybe even years to get something like that. Food you can just keep in your refrigerator. It's got so much uh, stuff on it that it can be kept frozen for a year and you can pull it out and it's macaroni and cheese. Or just go to a grocery store and the food's kept cold or frozen. They didn't have that stuff. It's dark. Or think about it like this. When you look at the scripture, the scripture was hard to get your hands on. Um, like whenever the King James Version was translated by Erasmus, they had he only had um, access to so many scrolls and papyri Today you have you can just go in and read it in Greek, Hebrew, you can read the LXX, you can read any of these copies, any of these versions that you want, you can look at any of the papyri you want, you can pull up an app and learn Greek or learn Hebrew. They didn't have stuff like that back then, and they were still educated far more than we are. So you got America who's got all these blessings, and what do we do? We don't take advantage of any of them. Matter of fact, it makes us lazy and it brings our morals and ethics on decline. You can literally go on an app and find a woman 
who wants to get married or a woman that wants to find a man and gets married. You could have access to more people today and find someone who suits your fancy. But instead of doing that to find love and to find a house and a home and a wife or a husband with children and to fill your quiver with arrows, people would rather take that as a, as a way to increase their sexual partners and their sexual encounters and find more ways to just party and live through that lifestyle. That's what's going on. Now, here, let's listen to Jordan Peterson because I am trying to keep this mostly about Jordan Peterson. Because I, I find him extremely fascinating. I do. I've done, what, three or four podcasts on him? He is fascinating. He is fascinating. Because he feels and sounds like a Christian, but he's not. But he says that and he can articulate a lot of Christian thoughts. But he's just missing Jesus. Okay? He's missing the true Jesus. But he's got a video here on how would Jordan Peterson raise his kids differently in today's world. And it's called Teach Them Biblical Stories. So let's listen to Jordan Peterson talk. Raising your children in today's world, would you do things differently? What advice do you have for parents today? So Jordan Peterson is sitting on a panel and this woman asked him, if you, and this is a kind of a famous... Uh, a semi-famous interview. It's the it's the one where he's wearing like a red suit and a blue suit, and he's you know. And she asked him, "What would you do differently to raise your children today?" Yeah, well, I think we did pretty well, and I'm pretty happy with our kids. But there, I think I I didn't bring our kids to church. We didn't bring our kids to church, and that was a mistake. Um, it was a mistake because, you know, our I would say. Our familial environment was pretty religious in its orientation, fundamentally. And it was a playful place, but it was also a very serious place. And the kids imbibed plenty of, let's say, moral discipline. And we taught them to negotiate, and we taught them to stand up for themselves, and they got very good at both of those. And, but they didn't, they weren't, they didn't have an opportunity to learn the biblical stories. And, you know, I went to Sunday school when I was a kid, and I didn't really like it, but but, but first of all, so what? It's like, who, who, you know, the cynics used to say in our town, this is when religion was beginning, it's the descent that it's undergone, particularly in the last 30 years, like all these hypocritical Christians, you know, they go to church on Sunday for an hour and then they're just as evil and conniving the rest of the week. That's, how true is that? Maybe this is some of the reasons why Jordan Peterson hasn't fully converted why he hasn't accepted Jesus as Lord. Uh, the only answer I would give to that, though, is this. Is that if someone tries to replay Beethoven, it doesn't mean, and they do an awful job, doesn't mean Beethoven wasn't written correctly. That doesn't mean that the notes that Beethoven written down isn't beautiful and instrumental and, and, and just art. It's because that person isn't playing the right way that Beethoven wrote it doesn't mean it's Beethoven's fault. So there are hypocritical Christians. First of all, all of us are hypocrites if you want to get technical. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I've committed sexual sin and I'm talking to you about sexual sin. I mean, Paul was was uh, helped get Stephen murdered. Martyred in the book of Acts. So, but he repented and he came to faith. Paul called himself the worst of sinners. 
He wrote 13 books in the New Testament. So, so I get what Jordan Peterson is saying here. But see, this is what the fundamental difference and problem that we have. He doesn't fully understand repentance and sin. He doesn't fully take in the belief and knowledge and understanding that Jesus Christ died and rose again for payment of this hypocritical sin. That is the massive disconnect. So simply pointing out that people need to... Uh, that people live a bad lifestyle when they're supposed to be Christians, so therefore it's hard to, to, to buy in is irrelevant. It still doesn't take away from the beautiful music that Beethoven wrote. All right, so let's continue. It's like, you know, fair enough, how hypocritical, fair enough, but what are you going to do? You're going to replace that with like zero time trying to be good? That's your improvement? It's like... You got that hour and you're trying stupidly and hypocritically to be good and that's pretty pathetic but it seems to be a lot better than not ever trying it at all so and so i did learn you know in in, in sunday school uh despite my the impossibility of sitting still during that period of time and the fact that i didn't want to go to school yet another day um i did learn the biblical stories in some depth and that was insanely useful and you know one of the things I noticed when I was teaching my Maps of Meaning course I started teaching that in like 1992 I guess no 1980 yeah about 82 I guess no it was even earlier than that 85 probably started teaching it everyone I taught the course to knew the basic biblical stories but by the time it was like 2017 60% of the kids didn't know the stories at all and so it was almost impossible to teach the damn course because I'd have to do a course in biblical stories before I could do a course about so you have here a a a true a non true a non true confessing christian who knows the scripture complaining that these kids he interacts with today don't know the biblical stories and he uses the stories as a way to connect with his students when he's teaching them things. So even someone in this position with this mindset recognizes what we read in Isaiah, Proverbs and, and Psalm a second ago and in Jer uh, Jeremiah, all these verses, even he recognizes the importance of of, of these biblical stories and on what they teach an objective foundation of truth a way for a society to flourish and grow in all sorts of ways financially, spiritually um, socially, doesn't matter the Bible, you follow it it will lead you the correct way even he's recognizing that and he's recognizing the disconnect that society has with the biblical stories it's so apparent even he knows it. Well, like we said earlier, Book of Romans, it's, it's written on your hearts. So uh, an intellectual giant like Jordan Peterson still can't deny the fact. But see, and but I made podcasts on this earlier. He views this, though, as not God-ordained, not fully Holy Spirit-inspired is, is, uh, scripture, not literally from God himself. It's more of a collection of knowledge and wisdom that has stood the test of time, helping so many different 
cultures and, and, and uh, walks of life that it's weeded itself into it's you know it's made itself through the cracks to come and stand true over everything else because it was written with knowledge and wisdom but it, it's not necessarily objective truth that's the big disconnect and I, I said that in one of my first podcasts on him and I'm gonna you know and that's and we have to recognize that. Yes, he's agreeing with the scripture. Yes, he's agreeing that it's that it's it's wisdom and knowledge, but it's not ordained Holy Spirit written scripture. You understand? All right, continue. Religious narrative. And you know, it's not like they replaced that with any great wisdom. They just didn't know any stories. You know, it's like, you know, because their parents might have thought, well, we'll let our kids sort their way through the whole wonderful world of religious belief. It's like, no, you won't. You can't even manage one religion. How the hell are you going to manage ten? It's just not going to happen. So, you know, I think we, I think that would have been, that would probably would have been good for us, I think. And uh, our granddaughter just got baptized and everybody seemed pretty happy about that. And so, you know, and I've also come to understand that you know, modern people are pretty narcissistic, and I certainly fell into that category as a 13-year-old. And I thought, well, there's a lot of things about the church that I don't really agree with. And I didn't notice that, like, who cared what I thought? Because I, well, I was a 13-year-old kid. It's like, why was this about what I thought? Who cared what I thought? I shouldn't have even cared what I thought. So I didn't know anything. And so, you know, maybe some of you are loath to join a civic organization or a political party or a church because, you know, aren't they corrupt and hypocritical? It's like, yeah, yeah, they are. So are you. And and if they're so damaged and you're so wise and wonderful, like, why don't you just go there and fix them up a bit? You know, because you could do that instead of just pretending that you're above all that. Because Jordan Peterson is bringing up a great point here. The so like well when I when I talk with atheists and agnostics they sit um they sit up and they boast their own beliefs and understanding and they look down and they critique but they don't give an answer for anything else it's just they're gonna say you're wrong but they don't give they don't give a a, a, a an alternative answer like if I say five plus five is ten they say no it's not I say okay well then what is it. Well, I don't know, but it's not 10. You know, that's the comfortability of a skeptic. They can just say, well, I don't like the Bible and you know, none of it makes sense. And, you know, what about slavery and all these other ridiculous arguments that they don't understand once you read the Bible in its context. And But they don't give, a, they don't give an alternative answer. They just complain. And that's what Jordan Peterson is, is, is talking about here. And he, and he, and he hits it home here. He's right. Oh, we're gonna you're gonna let your kid explore all these other religions. You can't even manage one. That's a fantastic point. Oh, you know you're gonna critique and complain and, and talk about the Bible or its stories or something, but you don't have an alternative for it. You don't. So that's a great point that that, that Doctor Peterson brings up here. Because you're definitely not, and and. So, so we didn't handle that as well as we might have, and I suppose we're atoning for our sins to some degree um, by doing what we're doing now. But I don't know. What do you think? Is there anything else we screwed up? Oh, well, I gave up gluten 25 years ago, and nobody paid any attention to it. 
<laughs> yeah, so you think we could have done that better? I think we could have done that better. Yeah. And, and he's interacting with his wife here. So now you're seeing one of the reasons why Jordan Peterson is so easy to appeal to because you can just hear his brilliance. Man, was it that? What was it the debate he had? What was it? Was it Kathy Newman or was it uh, some British lady? Oh my gosh! Listen, I've, I've watched. You know, I don't know. Honestly, honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. Probably, probably upwards to almost a thousand debates in my entire life. That is one of the worst butt kickings I've ever seen. It's top five. Worst butt kickings I've ever seen. I've seen it about three times. I think it's Kathy Newman. Let me double check. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, Jordan Peterson versus Kathy Newman. <laughs> Just type it in. You got to watch the whole thing. It's it's bad. But he, I you ever you ever watch something or, or you're listening to people conversate and you're like, if I could, this is what I would say in that situation. And you would say it in your head, and it sounds so you know, elegant and, and intelligent and was so well put together. You know, as you could tell, I fumble on my words a lot. My, my brain speak goes way too fast for my, for my mouth. You know, I struggle to communicate sometimes. Um, I mean, it's just one of my weaknesses. And uh, he is what you would say in the, he could put your thoughts into words and he does it very humbly, but with, you know, with, with sternness, he's an amazing communicator. And you're seeing here how this guy, he just look what he just did. He's talking about something serious. He's talking about problems with society. And then he switches over to a joke and critiques himself and ask his wife what she thinks as well, all within a split second. That's amazing to be able to do that. It's not only his high IQ, but it's his way he communicates with people. He grounds himself down to their level. Because, again, let's just be honest, he's one of the most brilliant minds in the in this past century, without question. Doesn't mean I agree with everything that he says. Obviously, I don't. Obviously. I'm telling you, the guy's a sinner... And the guy's doomed for hell unless he repents. But he does seem to be on the verge here. But I just wanted to share this podcast with y'all. And um, my podcast on Jordan Peterson uh, seemed to do pretty well. And uh, y'all seem to like to hear about him. And you obviously agree with what I think about him because they're very popular. But um, I really wanted to break this down because... This is an important time in the world where Christians are being persecuted and cornered and and murdered around the world. And eventually it's going to happen in the United States. There's no doubt about it. Eventually it's going to happen. Build your quiver. Be fruitful, multiply. Teach your children to be strong in the faith. You will be held accountable if you do not. You will be held accountable. Do you want to sit before Jesus on Judgment Day and have to answer for the blood of your children? Say your son or your daughter does not know the Lord. Do you want to answer for that? I don't. Do you? And I pray Jordan Peterson doesn't either. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.